everyone and welcome to this episode of the Your Sustainable Friend podcast. My name is Faye, your host, and today we continue our series titled Sustainability Changemakers, Black Voices in Green. This series is aimed to highlight accomplished black professionals who are contributing to the sustainability space. When I decided to work on this project, I sat down and tried to think about all the black people I know in the UK that work in sustainability because the goal is to highlight them for Black History Month. And the list was not very long, <laughs> but I did think of this person who we're about to introduce. Um, I was actually at the UK Black Business Show last year and I ran into someone and we were just doing like an introduction and I told him that I worked in sustainability and he was super duper excited and he introduced me to Maya and I chatted with Maya and kind of learned about what she was doing and I thought it was super duper cool. So when I thought about this project, um, I reached out to her on LinkedIn where we were connected and then we had a chat and she was more than happy to join in. Uh, I think she's done some really, really cool stuff in the space. I'll definitely let her introduce herself, but she's also gotten some cool awards as well. Uh, she recently got the Women in Innovation Award. Um, and yeah, and it was cool because when we chatted, it was kind of like how sustainability kind of is, can be tackled in more than one way. And it was cool to me that she kind of had done so from the tech-based side, but I won't say too much. I'll let her introduce herself. Um, so just going to hand it over to Maya. Please, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Thank you, first of all, for having me. I'm very excited to be on this and be a part of this. It feels, yeah, feels great to be asked. So thank you for that. But yeah, my name is Maya Gooding Springer and I'm the CEO and founder of Swapped. So Swapped is a fashion swapping app that I created in 2019 and we've just launched this year. And yeah, the idea behind it is kind of marrying sustainability with fashion because fashion is the second most polluting industry after oil if you'll believe so yeah I definitely wanted to combine my love for fashion and make it more circular and make it more sustainable for the long term. It's interesting how sometimes you think about these industries that are part of our day-to-day -day and everyone kind of just looks at oil and gas as the enemy and you're just like actually the clothes you wear have this much influence the food you eat so I guess could you kind of talk, take us through the journey of how you like decided to make Swapped, which I've downloaded. So it's, it's a very cool concept. I'll definitely let Maya tell you a bit more about it as well. But like how, what was your motivation to make it and kind of a bit about your journey? Because it is a very cool story of kind of like how you got to where you were. So I've always been like very entrepreneurial, like my family's quite entrepreneurial. So I've always wanted to have my own thing. Like when I was in school, I would like sell sweets or do face painting or dog walking on the side. So I always kind of had that bone within me. And then when I was 14, I decided that I didn't want to ask for any more like pocket money and stuff. I wanted to kind of have my own thing. So I created a fashion like streetwear line called Shop Relatable. And that's kind of where, well, actually that wasn't even where my love of fashion started. Before that in primary school, my friend actually had a sewing machine and we would always like cut things up on the field. We actually got in trouble for like bringing scissors outside, but that's besides. <laughs> um, so yeah, we like we were doing that from then, I guess. And we had a not even a business, but we wanted to call the like the clothing line HFSY, which stood for Have Fun, Stay Young. So you can you can see that it's um, been a part of my life. So yeah, 2016, then moved on to Shop Relatable, which is a streetwear line, um, and that was really fun and exciting and just yeah different I learned a lot of things like how to make a website I did um like trade shows and stuff so that was kind of my entry into the startup world if you like and then yeah in 2019 when I was in sick form 
uh, we had to have like a work experience week. And I was kind of, um, had done a lot of research uh, through Shop Relatable. And I didn't really want to be a part of the, you know, producing more clothes because I just knew there was already too many. I didn't want to contribute to the problem. Um, so yeah, we're trying to kind of find a solution that still allowed us to enjoy fashion, but not at the extent of the planet. So yeah, I, um, I'm based just outside of London and my family are in London. So every time I would go to London, I'd spend time with my uh, cousins and friends and we would do like different clothing swaps. So I was like, oh, like what if I made this digital, um, and brought it online? So that's, that's what I did. And that's kind of the early concepts of swaps. Was it the environment you were looking at first or was it your goal and then you thought that they emerged or how did that kind of play in your mind or what was your main motivation yeah it was all kind of simultaneous I think I think definitely being like a young female like being invited to different parties and events you don't want to buy a new outfit every single time it's not sustainable in that aspect um and then I think yeah I've always kind of been fascinated with like uh ocean plastic and that kind of thing so I mm-hmm. think once I started learning about the whole the fashion and the landfill that kind of came up at the same time so I think it was a bit of everything yeah so I think it was a bit of like the money side of things the waste side of things um and yeah also the convenience having to go out and shop I know online shopping was you know becoming a thing then as well but um yeah I think it all happened at the same time the people who kind of use the app and the people who you've tested with what I guess do you think is their motivation do you think there's like a similarity is it like an age thing does it appeal to everyone and how do you think like is it our generation is it just females what does that look like or what in that in your experience has that looked like yeah I think initially because we are in our first let's say version first launch version um it is definitely based at females between I'd say 16 to 28 I'd say is our age range right okay. now um and yeah I think um the whole like kind of millennial gen z is definitely our um target market just because of you know our attitude towards fashion which is kind of like what's the next trend what's the next thing how can I get my hands on the next thing and I think swap does that but obviously not in a um in an un- not in an unsustainable way so that's yeah. good and yeah I think the general consensus is Firstly, I think they really enjoy the um, swiping left and right. Okay. There are other um, there are other alternatives on the market, like rental or buying and selling. But I think, yeah, the difference that we have is it's kind of like a game um, as opposed to just kind of like scrolling or scrolling or scrolling and trying to find okay. anything. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what they enjoy the most. And then obviously the affordability side of things, you know, they're not paying for the clothes on the app. They're paying to use the app. So, yeah, I think that's really... Um, fun I think I just enjoy the uh, innovative nature of the app so it's like also the idea of what they get out of it but just like using the app itself is also like really a motivation I guess um so the whole idea of like buying gently used um other kind of reuse apps for clothing is something that is come up recently because I know that like growing up it was like taboo to buy from the charity shop or people kind of looked at that funny and obviously the old idea of like a circular economy and doing well by the environment does kind of make or mean that you have to lean on these options a bit more what how is that presented in that in this space is there like is it something that people are really wanting to do nowadays or what has that looked like and even in kind of like some of your research do you think it's more received like what does it look like now yeah it's funny looking back at when I had the initial idea because it was just kind of like 
why would I swap something that I have with someone that I don't know? Like, why would yeah, I do that? Exactly. Um, and then now, because there's so many different alternatives, and I guess, you know, influencers are using them and it makes it seem cool. And it's, I think the stigma is definitely getting removed slowly but surely. And for me personally, like doing workshops at like universities and stuff and doing the educational side of things, as well as, you know, presenting the app has been really helpful because people are like, oh, like, yeah, if it is lightly used or if it's, you know, the other person's only used it a few times, that's actually fine. And um, yeah, removing the stigma has been good. But in terms of like from a stats point of view, um, I was doing like some research the other day and I think it said 63% of Gen Z would rather shop sustainable or pre-loved than brand new. So you can definitely do this bit. We're getting there. We're getting there slowly but surely. And I think yeah, I think Gen Z in particular are definitely a bit more of a conscious generation, even though we have things like Shein and fast fashion, it's definitely, um, it's not, um, it's definitely been more of a, um, what I'm try- what's the word that I'm trying to think of? They're definitely forward thinking in that way. As okay. to, I think even with my age group, we were kind of introduced to, you know, like the Primarks and like this is the standard of how much they can be priced. So now when you see a, a good quality top for £30, you're like, gosh, I don't want to spend that. But yeah. like this is this is what um, we need to kind of move towards. And, you know, I think we've swapped making it affordable and not having, because not everyone has the budget to shop sustainably. So yeah, that was definitely really important um, when creating the app. Funny that you should kind of end that question with the shop sustainably, because I know when we first spoke, I like noticed some of the things that you said that I was like, oh, this is a good idea or this is a good thought. And I remember you saying something about looking for a solution that helped and worked or that looked after the planet and people's pockets as well. Um, and so I guess looking at the app and how that works, how do you or what is the advantage for people's pockets and how does that kind of look like? Do you think that's a motivation? What does what that like on the spend side? Yeah, so we have different subscription tiers. First of all, you have a free trial, which is 14 days. So you can get on the app, see if you like it, see if you can find anything, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, we have different tiers. So the first tier is like $4.99 and you can swap three items a month. Then it goes to $9.99, you can swap 10 items a month. And then it's $14.99 and you can swap 15 items a month. So that's really, have I said that right? I think I've said that right, yeah. (laughs) Um, That's really beneficial because... Um, you're swapping for value. So once you've paid your subscription, um, say I have a £50 dress and I'm swapping with someone else's £50 dress, technically I've swapped £50 in value but only paid £5. And then with the delivery side of things as well. And obviously the more you progress up uh, the tiers, the more you can swap. And yeah, the, the value for money, you'll get your value for money back just from one swap. So that was definitely really important for me, especially, you know, in the times that we're, we're living in at the moment I think it's definitely important to be able to provide something that is you know accessible to everyone yeah okay that's awesome yeah so it's like they're more so paying kind of paying for a service essentially to kind of link them with people and stuff and I do like the idea of swap so I guess you have to match with someone who wants to also swap an item with you yeah yeah that is kind of more of a a game vibe because I looked at the intro and I was like "Hmm." but um okay very nice um, and I guess, so you're quite young yeah. <laughs> and you've been in this the tech space, you've gotten to work in the startup space, um, you're also in sustainability space, you're also a black woman. So you kind of are rare in a lot of spaces. I guess, do you have any like words of encouragement? How has that felt being that person? Um, what have you learned? What would you want other people to know? I guess just like talking to all of them if you can. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the main lesson is to like never limit yourself because I never kind of had the ambition or the desire to be in the tech space. It was just not, it was never of interest to me. And then it kind of, you know, when I had the idea, I was like, oh yeah, I'll do this in an app. It was kind of like, let's just do it and see what happens. Yeah. And I think being in the startup world and, you know, networking and being a part of different uh, groups and things like that, you do tend to notice that a lot of people aren't originally in those spaces or they haven't okay. gone to for those spaces, which is actually very encouraging because it's like, it's just proof that you can do whatever you want to set your mind to. I think in terms of like being young, I've just definitely had the mindset of it's more impressive as opposed to me being, you know, like <laughs> or something like that. And that's just the mindset that I've had. Yeah. Um, whether it's been received like that, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, I think I've just always wanted to do it. And I was like, I don't really want to wait until I've seemed, you know, deemed, uh, I don't know, educated enough or old enough or something enough. I was like, I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. And I think that is the advantage of being young. You know, you don't have a lot of responsibilities and things like that. So you can almost afford to take those bigger risks. So I would say, yeah, it's never too uh, young to start. And even I think other things like grants, for example, I had, when I was in school, I had no idea that these, you know, things existed. And even having young grants, like there's um, a young, I won the Women in Innovation Award, but there's a Young Innovators Award and you can get that. And I think that starts at 16 or 18, I believe. Um, But yeah, there's there's definitely things out there um, if you do want to start young. Um, and then from the female uh, founder perspective, that's definitely been interesting. Um, I think for me, my experience from, you know, starting even shop relatable to now, it's almost been, it's interesting when you're starting a business because you have to, you're kind of forced to grow alongside it as an p- individual um, to keep up with the business growth. And I think for me, my like main thing has been changing the way that I approach work. So it, before it was in a very masculine hustle, 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 I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of vibe, but <laughs> that's actually not sustainable. And I think the really cool thing about getting more female founders involved is that we don't actually have to do it in that way. We can, you know, find some form of balance and not just be super masculine in our approach. We can also bring more of the feminine, more creative, more relaxed, more intuitive nature into things yeah. and that's kind of what's you know really helped me everyone says you know oh you know you've attended business programs but how do you actually know like what the next step has been and if I actually look back at my journey it has been very intuitively led like okay this feels like the right thing to do now so I'm going to do that so I think yeah from the female perspective it's definitely finding that balance and not being afraid to have that balance even though you're in a male-dominated space mm-hmm. um so yeah tech young founders founders. <laughs> yeah and then on the black side of things I think for me I think we touched on it briefly before on our other call but it's really important for me to do things like this and you know interviews and have my face out there even though I'm very content with just kind of being in the in the background and just doing my thing just for the representation side of things like in the UK I think zero point it changes all the time but 0.6 percent of funding goes to black female founders which well yeah (laughs) which is just like crazy to think about um but yeah it definitely needs to be changed and I think because I've had all these experiences it's definitely something that I want to go into in the future I'm trying to tackle that and you know create more opportunities and just kind of shine a light on it more um but saying that um 
I think it's definitely important to uh, to realize the the different perspectives that you have because of the different background that you have, and okay. even that you can bring that to business. And yeah, it's having your unique perspective, wherever you come from, whether your gender, race, educational background is. Everyone's got something to bring to the table. So yeah, I d- I try and you know celebrate all those different facets, but yeah, <laughs> pros and cons for sure. Okay, and talking of unique perspective, there's no way that I'm not going to ask you what unique perspective do you have, or what do you think that where you've been in life or your journey is kind of like attributed to where you are. There are a couple of things that you mentioned. That if you don't say them, I'll I'll highlight them. But what would you say are kind of yours? Yeah, I mean, in terms of starting the app, I think definitely being young and being immersed in the social media world, seeing how the influencer trends have shifted and stuff, I've seen it from a first hand perspective. So I'm like the consumer as well as the person creating Mm -hmm. so I know exactly what my target market wants because I am them if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah just understanding even like a brand voice like understanding exactly who I'm talking to how they're going to receive it I think you can sometimes see things on social media that feel a bit cringe because you're like someone wrote that is not the same person (laughs) so I think those perspectives are definitely important and um yeah, even I think uh, the female piece is so big. Even when I did my first program, I did a um, stamp but online course, I think at the end of 2019. And my mentor um, was an older man and he just didn't get it. Like he was like, yeah, this, you know, you sound you're very ambitious and stuff, but I just don't get it. And it wasn't until he'd gone home and spoken to his wife and his two daughters that he was like oh like they said this is a really good idea (laughs) and it was like yeah thanks but this is also very problematic you know more um females and senior positions to you know avoid these kind of things um so I think yeah my unique perspective is you know having the perspective of the target market and you know being like I have this problem too I have these pain points too here's a solution yeah and I love that you weren't discouraged by that because that could have easily been the kind of okay this isn't a smart idea I'm just not going to do it so I think there's a big element about like who you share your ideas with or how much you believe in your idea because clearly you believed in enough to be like okay like that's fine that he doesn't think do you know what I mean because that could have definitely completely changed your journey like to something else and we wouldn't be talking today or maybe we'd be talking about something else because <laughs> um <laughs> another thing when we were talking that I thought was cool and I think it's very unique to your journey is that you'd mentioned that you come from a family of entrepreneurs so I feel like that you came into you were comfortable in that space or more comfortable than someone who'd maybe come from a family where their parents had just worked so I guess maybe if you want to speak a bit to that or like how that shaped you or has yeah, I think being in that environment definitely made the, not transition, but me starting a business not so much of a huge idea. I didn't have to, you know, convince my parents and say like, this is what I want to do and this is how it's going to go. And yeah, I think being, I was very lucky to be around as, you know, that mindset almost and just kind of almost been given that like silent permission to do what I wanted, if mm. that makes sense. So I think that's definitely beneficial. And I think for anyone that doesn't have it, um following you know reading I also read a lot of like autobiographies and like just reading other people's journeys and like surrounding and immersing yourself in that environment is definitely really important but yeah I think from my journey it kind of just gave me the permission to do it and just kind of I had the physical proof that it was possible if that makes sense yeah it wasn't going to be you know 
quote unquote successful and even that like being privy to certain failures and successes the highs and the lows so when I did kind of get into this world it wasn't like oh my gosh like why isn't everything played sailing yeah 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 so you kind of had like you'd seen it a bit and you kind of also had people who you were comfortable around to kind of tell you or be like yeah actually doesn't bounce ideas off of and say what does this mean and what how do I need to write the business plan and you know all of these things which thankfully now there are you know business programs that are available that you can get that but I think having that in-house definitely um gave me a really good uh, head start and then another thing you mentioned you were talking about the way that women approach or the energy that women approach kind of business plans or the tech space and something I like that you said you were saying that sometimes the approach that people have isn't sustainable um and I think when we think of sustainability a lot of the times people are only just thinking about the environment piece or Um, But even looking at the kind of concept of sustainability, where there's the environmental, the social and the governance piece, but even within ourselves or doing things that are sustainable, I guess, what are some of the things you've done or like, how have you approached it to make it personally sustainable? And I guess, like, what to you is your definition of sustainability um, kind of on a broader scale and like within your personal life as well? Yeah, I think from like a really just simple, you know, perspective, sustainability is being able to do you know what you're doing or what you love and you know not burning out all the time and yeah yeah. out is a real thing and I think in my kind of personal experience tackling burnout and not getting to that stage is definitely yeah balancing out the energies like I spoke about earlier of not you know being so intense with you know work life and I think even you know having that break and you know definitely scheduling time to see your friends or having different hobbies is actually more beneficial for the business because if you think about it if you're going into a room you're staring at the same four walls where are you going to get that inspiration from where are you going to get that bigger picture thinking from so sustainability to me is having a balance and it's which is you know tricky to even get I think like it's not always going to be 50 50 but having some form of balance um and yeah just not being afraid to do things in your own way because I think we all have our own ways of doing things that work best for us Mm -hmm. and yeah you don't always have to kind of go with the mold and I love that you talk about the balance thing because at least for me so I studied like environmental management sustainability science I've gotten like a lot of different definitions of sustainability but I remember when I started moving into sustainability space one of the analogies that I was kind of shown or told about was the three-legged stool and it's kind of like sustainability sits on the top or sustainability is like the seat and the three parts of the stool is looking at the economic value, the social value and the environmental value. So I feel like no matter what, even though I'm sure, well, I don't know if you know that definition, but it still came to the idea of balance or like keeping things and making sure that everything balances out the same in the the end. So I thought that was kind of cool that you also mentioned it. I've not actually heard of that. But so what did you say, the economic, the social and the environmental? And that's kind of cool as well, because I feel like we try and tackle all of those things that swapped as well. So that- Okay, yeah. So without even knowing, you're kind of doing it daily, um, which I think is great. Yeah. So you mentioned that you've like read some autobiographies and books. I guess, what did you maybe read for your motivation side? What are you kind of maybe reading now? Or do you have like any books that really helped or things that you wish you'd read or things that you glad you read I guess just like yeah how have you kind of upskilled yourself in the space and what have you done from like an educational 
perspective yeah so i think from in terms of like getting to know different like founder stories i love watching um stephen barlett's podcast diary of okay. the so mm-hmm. good because you get to see so many different people um in terms of books i love reading think and grow rich because it's kind of that like balance between like personal development and there is almost like a an underlying spiritual side of it and of how to actually not almost yeah just go from the traditional like masculine energy but like that balance and I read that every January and like oh wow yeah so you read you (laughs) yeah I use like a different highlighter pen every single year and it's so interesting to see like things that you didn't think were didn't like pop out to you the year before and I'm like how did I miss that so it's so cool to kind of reflect uh each year so that's cool um and what else do I do in terms of yeah education I've been on a few programs so I've been on like an impact accelerator program um at Alia I've done a net zero program at Startup Discovery School which was really good and um, I think I mentioned earlier I did like a an online course at Stanford which is like an idea to market so that's kind of more the educational um background but yeah books um watching podcasts just listening to people's stories and I think the main thing is just understanding that everybody's journey is going to be completely different. Yeah. So if you feel like you're not, you know, on track or stuff like that, there's not really anything to compare it to. It's only just kind of like yesterday, your version of yesterday. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. And I'd never thought of the whole reading the same book and highlighting in different pens or different ways. Because you're like, because your journey changes, obviously what you're seeing in the viewpoint of what you see things changes all the time as well. That's really... I might take that one. <laughs> That's a really good idea. And I guess also, um, so you mentioned um, Dario, the CEO. Do you have any kind of like role models you look up to or people that you've kind of like, yeah, like you like what they've done in certain spaces or you've kind of like used them as a guide or is it just kind of Maya going off Maya vibes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think definitely indirectly been um, inspired by a lot of uh female founders in particular especially like on instagram so like connor walker she owns house of cb which is a super like successful luxury clothing brand um so i'd love like watching her journey grace beverly she's like the founder of tala shreddy and i think another business as well and she's like i think only a couple of years older than me but watching her journey from like i think she started her business because her student finance didn't come through so she had to did she had to do it um and yeah watching her like be really successful in uni and like I think that was again was like another permission of you don't have to wait to a certain age to start uh yeah I'd say they were the two main people uh just because yeah they're you know interested in fashion and they're young and and things like that okay and I guess it can be from a fashion side or a sustainability side um but I guess it's like a two-pronged question you might only have answered one but are there any laws or kind of regulations or anything that has come out that is coming out that you're like really excited about or just any projects or any businesses that you're like, oh my gosh, I know Swapped is great, but like this is coming out or I've seen this or anything you're kind of like watching or something that you're like, I wish somebody would make this or I wish somebody would tackle this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the kind of law and governance side of things is still more that I need to research on. But in terms of like other sustainable brands, um, a lady in my network, um, I think her name is Vanessa. She just started the first ever like flushable pad. 
So that is okay. really cool. Yeah, <laughs> really interesting. Because I think it's a market that definitely needs sustainability because obviously you can't recycle sanitary project project yeah. um so yeah i think that's been really cool and like listening to her journey and like even other things as well i think listening to other people's journeys kind of gives you permission in different ways so for example you might think oh okay if i want to raise money or raise a lot of money i need to have made a certain amount of money but she raised like three million before she even was profitable so it's like mm. those kind of things are very it's very cool to see and it's uh interesting to kind of immerse yourselves in those different environments so that's definitely something that i'm excited about and i think even you know obviously ideally swapped would be the main one but i think it is nice that there's different um alternatives in the industry even um sojo app is a really cool um app also founded by a fellow black female founder okay. um yeah and it's um like a repairs um uh, app so i think you kind of uh you say okay this dress and this item needs to be repaired they come and collect it and they repair it and i think it's really important because especially with the fashion industry we need to tackle it at so many different uh perspectives it's not just a one size fits all kind of thing mm-hmm. and i think that's really important and something that i've tried to kind of hone in on the marketing especially with swapped i think it's a really good kind of like starter pack beginner's guide if you want to you know start your slow fashion journey i think it's really good because you're kind of we're kind of using the stuff that we already have and then you can you know transition into other things or you know obviously continue with swapped as well but yeah having seeing you know loads of people kind of seeing that this is actually an issue and taking it seriously especially within the fashion sector is something that's really exciting for me Um, two things you just mentioned, definitely looking at kind of the sanitary um, like period products. It's something that has grown so much recently. Like now there are like reusable um, like underwear and there's like um, diva cups and stuff that people never really used or never really thought about. And I hadn't even heard about the flushable pads and I'm usually like quite narrow about like what's going on in that space. So that's really cool. And I think that also really speaks to what you were saying about um kind of female founders and females being in the space because I know that was like one story where um because like men didn't know the importance or think about it they like couldn't get funding and stuff and so it's like yeah but if women were in the room they would see that this is an issue and they'd be the first ones to kind of hop on the idea and even like when I read Lean In many years ago it's kind of like how Sheryl Sandberg had like not noticed that there was no pregnancy parking until she was pregnant and it's like the importance of us being in like all these spaces um, from both like the sustainable side the kind of founder side as well um, I really like that you mentioned that and then um, also kind of the various ways to tackle slow fashion of course like as great as swapped is you can't solve all the problems and like it's like looking at the various ways and um, I guess for me kind of the sustainability kind of nerdy head and like looking at all the stuff I know it's like looking at the waste hierarchy here I talk about the waste hierarchy The waste hierarchy is a roadmap that is used in waste management and it essentially ranks waste from the most preferred options to the least preferred options. So at the top of the waste hierarchy we have prevention and at the bottom we have disposal. From the waste hierarchy Zero Waste Europe came up with the Zero Waste Hierarchy and so this ranges from unacceptable processes like burning and doing anything that does not allow for material recovery. The top of the zero waste hierarchy, we have the powerful trio, refuse, rethink and redesign. And this is essentially 
encouraging waste-free thinking and smarter resource use. So it is rethinking and reanalyzing our business models and how we handle or deal with resources. So apps like Swapped would be closer to the top of the zero waste hierarchy because it is essentially doing what needs to be done to design waste out of the system. Is a very, very brief explanation of the waste hierarchy and the zero waste hierarchy. So if you want to learn more, I would encourage you to visit zerowasteeurope.eu. I'll also include a link in the show notes. You want to be as close to the top than like recycling. You'd rather be in like the reuse and the repair. And it just makes sense because like you're using the products as they are and not wasting materials and like one person's trash is another person's treasure. So like a dress that is lovely, but you're just like, yeah, it doesn't fit the same or I don't really use it anymore. Could be like the dress that someone wants to wear tomorrow. Definitely. And I think, yeah, even on that point as well, I think it is important for females to start female companies because we there's so many different intricacies that I think from a male perspective or from an outside perspective, if you don't have that problem, you wouldn't know. Like, for example, even it might not just be like, oh, I'm over this outfit. It might be, oh, my like weight has actually fluctuated, which is a real thing. It's what happened. Yeah. It's very normal. So I think, yeah, even you're talking about um, with this uh, Cheryl Sandberg um, story, having these different, um, when you have the experience, then you can find the solution. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like people aren't, yeah, and it's only a problem to you. And it might not be a problem to someone else. And even within that, like even within communities, there's different problems. Like the problems a black woman faces are different from problems a white woman may face or an Asian woman or someone. So it's also like kind of catering to the communities or like how you mentioned that like you are the customer and you were the customer with fast fashion. And so it was like, okay, I'm in this community and I'm in this space. And this is like how I know to tackle or to look at this um, at this problem. Okay, you also mentioned the net zero program that you did. What did you learn there? Was it kind of like you looked for it or did they kind of seek you? Um, was it to kind of get the sustainability side more into the product? I guess what was kind of the motivation? What did you do there? How did that look like? Yeah, so actually from my first program that I was on, the Impact one at Alia, one of the judges, because um, we had like a pitch day, one of the judges in that was the, um, not owned, but like, was a program lead for my for this next program, which was quite April. interesting. And she was like, oh, um, let's connect on LinkedIn and I, I might have something for you next April. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Didn't really think anything of it. And then she was like, yeah, like the, the program is going to be out soon. Like apply for it. It also had a 5K grant. So that was really good. So in terms of learnings, um, that was really helpful in like validating the idea. So we like tested with 150 um, students and influencers and getting the kind of like the feedback on, you know, on the app, um, even just like understanding more from the customer perspective of what is it about sustainability that makes you hesitant or what is what are the barriers? And that was super interesting, learning yeah. like the cost or the, you know, the variety or the convenience, knowing all of those things so that we could A, like tailor it towards swaps and B, just be more aware of like what our target market was thinking was really interesting. But I think the main like, Thing that I got from that program was just the other people in the cohort because yeah there wasn't even um one of the founders was also doing rental not also doing rental was doing also doing fashion so she was doing a rental business and it was interesting to like uh compare and learn the different um business models but also and it was nice to be able to 
support each other even though we were kind of doing the same thing yeah also a testament this is very broadly speaking but a testament to being a female founder is we kind of do kind of you know come together because we are you know not new to the space but not as um populated in the space uh so that was really nice and yeah just learning different um practices even like um i think one of the uh things that we had that i'd never even thought about was even where do you bank with you know who's your bank is your banking sustainable mm. is just all different things i guess if you haven't studied sustainability specifically or studied these things you wouldn't even think about it's more where we were kind of coming from like, okay how can we make our business model sustainable is think about the bigger picture and i think yeah. that would be cool as well yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, definitely agree. And I think even kind of me doing this series and me looking at that it is because I know that like sustainability is so multifaceted. There's so many different angles. And even like in the work I've done, I'm like, I haven't gotten to work in this. I haven't gotten to work in this because I know there's so much. And I don't think I'll be able to work in everything. But <laughs> I think there's just so much to it. And it's like the various approaches to it um, and the various ways kind of people look to tackle it. And sometimes the cre- they're super duper creative um as well but yeah i love that you mentioned kind of like the support amongst the cohort as well even when you were doing the same thing um, my mom always talks about how like you need a marketplace to attract customers anyway so if the marketplace doesn't really exist no one's even going to come so sometimes it is really nice to kind of see what other people are doing and kind of encourage that too because it also encourages kind of like for you when slow as slow fashion kind of becomes the norm hopefully because yeah. the already existence kind of like okay well this option is great for this and this option is great for this so it's not to say that one's better than the other you know like it's like every single option works and it's all kind of reaching towards like the same kind of final goal and stuff definitely and people have different needs as well like some people might just want to rent something for a few days or they might want to swap something and have it forever use it and then swap it again everyone has different needs and i think yeah being open to that is definitely important it's been really great talking to you like i feel like we could keep going on forever there's so much to say um i guess just to kind of round up before i like give you the roundup question is there anything that you would tell yourself and i guess you started young so what would you tell 13 year old maya that you're like would have made things easier or maybe you just really enjoyed the journey as it was or as it has been yeah I mean yeah the journey has definitely been the journey and I don't want to be that person that would say oh I don't want to tell them anything because then I would have been here <laughs> um, but yeah I think I would probably say to myself to relax to okay down. patience is definitely something that I would learn on this journey patience with other people patience with the business growth patience with myself um whether I would have listened to that or not I don't know <laughs> I think um yeah I think especially the fast pace social media you know instant world that we're living in sometimes it's easy to get disheartened when things aren't moving as quickly as you want them to be but it's all part of the journey and you know you have to learn certain things at certain times and yeah everything is figure outable and everything works out in the end so I would just tell myself to relax and enjoy the journey well I love that and I hope from I guess from myself and I hope that the whole climate change thing works itself out too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's true. Everything does work out in the end. And I'm sure you never would have seen yourself being where you are. No, not actually, <laughs> no, not in this, maybe not as soon, not in this specific way. There's so many different things. And I think it's really important to allow yourself to be open to other things happening and not having to control everything. So yeah, that's what I would tell myself as well. I love that. So relax and be open. 
Yeah, definitely. So the last, last question, it was supposed to be an icebreaker and I just tend to end up doing the icebreakers at the end, which it doesn't really break the S, but maybe it's like I bring the S back together. Um, so I've got a couple of questions um, and I will let you pick between one and 14. Okay, let's go with eight. With eight. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any fun or cool celebrity encounter stories or celebrity lookalikes that people oh say? <laughs> That is so funny. I actually do, kind of. It's so random. Um, I was on a family holiday. Um, we were in Dubai and um, we were at a water park. And I was like, surely not. And then my sister was like, who is it? And I was like, it's Anthony Joshua. And we were no way. <laughs> so my little my little brother, he was like, oh, I want to get a picture on my, um, my dad's side. He was like, oh, I want to get a picture with him. And I was like, well, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not, I can't. Like, I was like, I couldn't. And then... Um, yeah me and my sister were like basically she was like oh let me take a picture of you with him in the background and then she was doing it and then he turned around and <laughs> way. so yeah that's my funny uh story but oh gosh that was so many years ago <laughs> and he actually ran away from the picture yeah i ran no i ran oh, away you ran away. i ran away because he's when he noticed i was like oh my god we've got to, like this get out of here <laughs> oh that's a good one that's a good one nice all right. Well, thank you so much. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we'll chat another time or sometime soon. But yeah. Thank you. thank you for having me. And if anyone's interested with Swapped or wants to find me, um, we are at We Are Swapped on all social media. We Are Swapped um, website. And my, um, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram, it's Maya G Springer or Maya Gooding Springer. So that's where you can find me. So yes, please look at Swapped. I've downloaded that. It's a really, really great app to use um and yeah i mean so fashion is something that like maya mentioned earlier there's it's the second top diluter so do what you can to also make a difference definitely thanks for having me